You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 31. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time checking out the podcast and listening, welcome. Thanks for coming over and checking it out. Great episode for you today. And if you're returning and coming on back, well, thanks for coming on back. You can um, find me and follow me on the Twitter sphere at at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in this episode today, you can find in the show notes over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 031. That's thelongerhall.com slash episode 031. Thanks so much to everybody who has gone over to iTunes and left reviews there. It is incredibly helpful for the rankings there in iTunes, helping other youth pastors and youth workers find the podcast. And really, it's just an incredible encouragement to me. And I I sincerely mean that. Thank you so much for everybody who's done that. I have been, the last couple of months, just in probably the busiest season of my entire ministry. And it's been really, really good, but it has been a really, really difficult season in many ways, um, just an incredible, rewarding season of ministry, but really, really tough. And uh, just to be totally honest, a lot of these reviews and things, and uh, just the emails and things I've been getting, have really kept the podcast <clears throat> and the blog going. And so I'm really, really grateful for that. And I'm thankful for you and for you listening. Thankful for all that you're doing in youth ministry and, uh, and the way that you are serving uh, the students and families and churches that you serve in. And so um, thank you for that, for sure. I appreciate it. Uh, today's episode's a little different. I'm excited about today's episode for you, really. Uh, this was, let me let me kind of explain this a little. Uh, we typically do interviews here on the podcast, and I really enjoy them. I think they're really helpful for you. One of the reasons that we do that, that I do that, is to try to get other folks uh, in the conversation. And so you're learning from a lot of people. There are a lot of great, really smart people in the world of youth ministry. And so hopefully, uh, regardless of the size of your ministry, the scope of your ministry, the nature, the culture of your ministry, um, you're finding a lot of this helpful. We try to keep it really principle-driven. And uh, and so you can implement a lot of these things along the way. And I'm hoping that you also are finding it really encouraging uh, as well. So the main, if you've been around the podcast, if you've been around the blog, you'll know that really the main thrust behind this, the, the kind of the reason all of this exists is to help you just uh, achieve some longevity in your ministry and really build a ministry that you don't want to leave, that you don't want to walk away from. And so a lot of the things that we're writing, that I'm writing, a lot of the things that you're you're hearing are to help you in, in some of those things, very practical, very pragmatic, uh, and, and just to kind of shed some light on this. It's easy to get in a situation and feel like you're the only one. And so the the hope and the goal is that uh, in some way, we're uh, helping you along the way and be able to achieve some longevity and some health and really find the joy that comes in ministry serving over the longer haul and having a ministry of longevity. Today's interview is different than any one that we've done. And to be honest, it was really kind of impromptu uh, thing you'll hear the audio quality is much much different. We just kind of sat down in a room and talked a bit, and uh, so today I'm interviewing a, a student of mine. Here, uh, he's a college student now. He was a sophomore in high school when I came on staff here, where I am, and had been through the ringer. As you'll hear, had had several youth pastors when I came in, and was not my biggest fan um, for sure. So my hope in this episode, as you listen, is to hear kind of his story and his side of things and really shed some light on the other side of things. As a youth pastor, you know, you, you likely understand um, the, the this perspective of us as we come and go sometimes as you're leaving a ministry and stepping into a new one. But I think oftentimes it's difficult for us or 
to understand really what the student is dealing with in those transitions and particularly maybe not even just kind of forget what's going on there. And so uh, I think today will be really, really good and helpful for that. So I'm excited for you uh, to listen. As always, uh, even though it, it's uh, it's a student here of mine, I, I don't let him off the hook. I, I ask him for a resource at the end. He gives a great resource for you. So stick around for the end to hear that. And I'll have links again for that in the show notes over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 3031. Thelongerhall.com slash episode 031. One. So anyway, with all of that said, we'll jump right in here to the interview. This is Kevin here today giving some perspective and insight from the student's perspective of when youth pastors leave too often and the new guy comes in. All right, cool. Well, we are here uh, and I'm talking to Kevin, who is a part of our ministry here where I serve. And Kevin was a sophomore in high school when I came. I came on staff in January here. Um, several years ago. And so it caught him kind of mid-year. He had an older sister at the time who was a senior and finished out her senior year here as I came in. And uh, and so I think you'll see um, kind of in and throughout this conversation, really the transition of, of what that was like. And, and Kevin, what I'm hoping to, to help folks here is kind of just you share your heart a little on um, what that was like prior to me coming, even even with me me coming in. And and look, we're just to be honest here, I mean just for you who are listening, we've not really talked through what I'm gonna ask you. And we have had this conversation a lot. And to be really honest, when I came on staff, Kevin hated me. I was I was not uh he was not a fan. <laughs> and so just, uh, just, just to be completely transparent, this is not like I didn't go cherry pick a student who loved me from day one uh, at all. This was, uh, this was just the opposite, and and so I think that brings a lot of perspective um, into this. So, Kevin, welcome to the show today. It's good to be here. So, okay, talk talk for a minute. I came on staff when you were a sophomore. At that point, I know I talked to your sister. Uh, and, and your parents some. I was for your sister, including the intern, the interim guys that came in in between. I was the fifth youth pastor in her seven years in student ministry. So that would have been probably a little less for you, right? But not many. Yeah, probably more around three for me. And so uh, that's a lot of transition. How how is that? I mean, if when you look back and think through that you know, in that moment, what is it like having youth pastors, youth workers kind of coming and going? What is, what do you feel like is the biggest, what was the biggest obstacle and issue in that? Well, Jody, um, pretty much what happened was when I was in middle school, I had a youth pastor and then toward the end of middle school into high school, I had another youth pastor. And then when you came in, like you said, I was around like the sophomore year of high school. And I just, I remember having just this mentality, especially when you came in of why should I trust this guy? Because in two years, he's just going to leave. Um, that was probably the biggest concern is I was like, there's no point in investing um, in my youth pastor, because in two years he's going to leave and I'm never going to see him again. Um, so pretty much that was just the repeating theme over my middle school and high school youth, youth group experience. Yeah. And I think I see that a lot. Like when, when I'm talking to youth pastors, it seems like, and, and this is something we've talked about on the podcast on the wall before when we talked to these benchmarks of student ministry. That it seems like somewhere around the two to three year mark um, is when things start to get difficult, and that's typically when when youth pastors will leave, or all of a sudden God begins to call them someplace else. And that's not that God doesn't do that, but I think you know what you're even saying is kind of in line with with that pattern. Okay, so you you didn't want to trust me when I came, and um, and just to be just to be clear again, like this is not a um, 
an endorsement for me personally as a youth pastor. This isn't me trying to say that I'm like the greatest youth pastor ever or anything like that. Um, this is really just an attempt to give some perspective on, on that. So when I came and you didn't, you didn't want to trust me there, but what were some of the challenges initially from your side, from your perspective? Well, I mean, like, like I said, by when you came in, you were about the third person. And so every, when, whenever a youth pastor comes in to a ministry, usually they bring change. Uh, they have a vision. They have a specific way they want to do something. And so, you know, after the first one left and the second one came in, you know, there was a change there. And then when you came in, there was more change there of just the style, the vision, like I've already said. Yeah. And I was uh, probably quite a bit different than the youth. And how, were you close to the youth pastor before I came? Um, yes, uh, pretty much. We, we were at that point where, um, you know, he, he enjoyed football. He enjoyed uh, having people over. Um, we would go, me and a group of other guys would go over to his house and we've hung out, played Xbox together. Just, I mean, just going to the pool, just so like living life together. That's how it should be. And so really the, the first one was during my middle school career. Um, that's when I was still trying to figure out the youth, the youth group, you know, how does it run and everything. So when the first guy left, it was not as of a problem. But then when the second one left, it was like, you've built that relationship with them. You're in the middle of high school. You need that, you know, you need that male figure, that, that leader to where you can imitate them. Um, and so having that, that relationship just kind of leave, it was like, I'm not going to have that again with the next one. Cause by the time I build that relationship, I'm going to go to college. Yeah. And so you're, you're in college now. Mm-hmm. And so it's, we're here six years later having this conversation. And obviously we're talking. And, and so you, you at least don't hate me. What, what were some of the things like, what was kind of the tipping point there? What, what, what were some of the things that have changed that dynamic? For you in regards to the trust issue in regards to, because, you know, I know, um, we, I came in with a very different approach to how things had been done before. I mean, not that it's not relational, not that it's not that, but with a really clear direction that in many ways, um, was very contrary to what had been done, um, prior to that. And I think that happens a lot. I think that's pretty common. And, and so there was a lot of resistance really from particularly the high school students in, in that. And you were, you were one of those. So I'll, in the last, you know, six years or so, what is, was there a moment that you can look back to or a certain time period where you say, okay, that's where things really began to change in regards to how you were accepting of either, you know, of me kind of coming in in that? Yeah, um, pretty much whenever I graduated high school, um, it's, you're starting college, you're starting that new, newness of life, that new chapter of life. And, um, there was just some times, especially my freshman year, where the, you know, just going through difficult times, um, going through different struggles. And I really needed a male, figure like a leader in my life other than my other than my parents of course um just to talk to to be there for me um open up their house to me uh just live life and so i noticed that there were some times where i would go and talk to you and i started building that relationship with you and kind of not testing our trust, but just kind of starting that 
friendship with you, even though I was in the college ministry, I was helping with D nows because I was one of the guys that stayed home for their you know college career. And so through those times of just serving alongside of you, there was that friendship that just kind of started growing. And so now, yeah, I don't hate you anymore. Uh, I mean, obviously, but um, it definitely took, you know, three, now four years of, of just that continuous, you're there for me, you're there to talk with me. Um, even when you weren't part of the college ministry, like when you were just the student pastor. So, yeah, and my role has transitioned this year a little to kind of take over all of student ministry. So now I'm kind of overseeing middle school, high school and college, which has changed the dynamic a little for us. But, you know, I can remember specifically um, when, when I'm thinking through that, there were things like. So, and okay, let me back up. I tell youth pastors a lot, like when you go into a new position somewhere, you have to recognize and understand that the the juniors and seniors are not going to see you as their youth pastor, that you, you're just not going to be their youth pastor, that the last guy, the previous youth pastor, whoever that was, um, is going to always be in their mind kind of the youth pastor. Do you think that there's truth to that from your perspective? Um, yes, because um, now going into my fourth year of college, pretty much everybody that was in the youth group is graduating out. They've been, you know, pretty much the middle schoolers when you were starting. And so the middle schoolers are now like the seniors, the senior guys, senior girls, and they have been able to see you as their youth pastor. You know, they don't have to say I've had multiple youth pastors and haven't had that, that relationship with my youth pastor. So there is definitely a benefit to going past that two year mark that you were talking about. Yeah. So I spent, and then what I, what I'll tell a lot of youth pastors is when you're new into a position, you pursue and you invest in the high school students, but you recognize that in the end, the middle school students are going to be your youth ministry. They're the ones that are going to really see you as their youth pastor. And so the way that looked for me here, from my perspective at least, was um, we were inviting you guys over to the house a lot. Most of the time you said no, uh, but we were going to keep inviting and you know, my my wife has been on uh, in the past on, on a previous episode, and one of the things that she talks about is just our general approach to ministry is that we will invite students into our lives and continue to pursue them that way in hopes that they will invite us into theirs. And eventually we kind of went out um, in that. And then that was definitely our approach coming in here is that we would uh, continually invite um, students over, you guys in particular, and the class above you, recognizing that you're probably not going to see us as your youth pastor, but also understanding that if we stay put long enough, which is our was our plan, that eventually we would be able to have a relationship there and an impact and influence. And so there were a few things that we did, inviting you over. Um, I remember texting you guys all the time that never get a response, which is fine. That was expected. Just, hey, thinking about you today, praying for you today. And then one one moment in particular I remember with you specifically was uh, the first D-Now we hosted after you graduated out. Um, I didn't have enough leaders. And typically, I will not ask a freshman, uh, college freshman, to help with D-Now. I, I like to let them be out of the ministry for a little while. But we were kind of in a situation where there really wasn't anybody for, for that group. And so... I'd asked you to come and serve with the, the middle schoolers. And for, for some reason, uh, you agreed to do that. And I remember I, it was probably uh, Saturday night. We were, we just finished our final session. We were walking out into the parking lot to our cars and, and your truck's parked out there. And I remember looking at you and just saying, man, I just want, you know, I'm really proud of you. Um, you've done a really, really good job. And, and 
to, from my perspective, that was just a natural conversation. Like that wasn't me trying to be manipulative or me trying to like win you to my side. At that point you were in the college ministry. I wasn't the college pastor at the time. Didn't really have anything to do with college ministry in, in regards to that, but, but that was just a genuine conversation that, that we were having. And it seemed like, I don't even know if you remember that, that conversation, but it seemed like for me that that conversation and that moment really right there was a really big tipping point for your relationship, at least your, your and my relationship. Um, in, re- in regards to that, do, do you remember that at all? Or am I, am I just, that's just something I'm hanging on to that I'm making up and saying that was the moment. No, I do. Um, I just remember it like it was, it was the first time that I recognized that, um, you know, you genuinely were proud of me. Um, cause we just got done with, like you said, the D now, um, the D now group and I was, it was like, even though I was a freshman, I was viewed as a leader in your standpoint, from your standpoint. And, um, I just, I remember cherishing that because, you know, as a freshman into college, it's kind of like you get bumped back down to the, you know, freshman high school. It's like you, you just got done building up your, your momentum of being the top dog. And then as soon as you graduate, you get bumped back down to the bottom. And so just having that, that, that encouragement of like, you are a leader to the youth, even though you're in college, like you are an example, you are so much more than just another college kid that graduated out. And I think what I would encourage listeners with that is like never stop pursuing. So on one hand, as you step into a new ministry, yes, recognize that the middle school is kind of the future of your ministry and you have to put a lot of effort and energy there and build what will become your student ministry. That's where you begin. We, we, I say it a lot, build a culture, not a ministry. And that starts by investing in those middle school students. But that doesn't mean you don't pursue your high school students. And often with the high school students, that pursuit looks a lot different in, in the text messages, like I'm talking about, or um, in just inviting them over and, and recognizing and, and expecting to, to get turned down a lot but just to continue pursuing, continue pursuing, continue pursuing. And then even beyond that, um, I, I mean, I can remember when, when you guys graduated in general, you and, and a few classes ahead, uh, it, it, even then as I would, as you would come to mind, and I just, I, I would text and say, Hey, I just went and I'm praying for you today. And that's something I still do today. And it, it doesn't take a lot of time to do that, but really, um, I've seen a lot of fruit from that in relationships in, in regards to that, to the point that like the bulk of your class and the class even ahead of you, neither of which really were super fond of me, um, really are coming over almost every time they're home on break or at least having those conversations, which has been nice transitioning into overseeing all of our student ministries to be able to have those relationships kind of present. Um, but it, it is a, it is a, it's kind of a long play on that, you know? And so if you're coming in and you're leaving, you you never see the benefit of that. And on the flip side of that, you never really see those middle schoolers kind of grow up under and into your ministry either. And, and both of those things are really, really, really important. So where you are now then looking backwards, what, practical kind of advice would you give to youth pastors who are stepping into the position, a new position, a new role and having students who don't like them, it just kind of seem to be just a real big pain in the rear end. Not that you were much. Okay. You were a lot, but you know, that are just kind of uh, disruptive at, at points. They've got students who are, just disrespectful students who are just making everything really, really difficult. And, and yet as a youth pastor, you're super burdened for that. You want to, you see as a youth pastor, you look at those students and you see potential that is not being lived out. And you want so badly for those students to own that and see that and come underneath that, but you don't have the trust yet. What kind of practical advice would you give to those who are listening, who are in that situation. Really, I would say 
just continue to pray for them, um, like genuinely continue to pray for them because there's only so much you can do. Um, talking about the potential, um, you know, there is a whole lot of potential with guys that um, are difficult with you, um, but just continue to pray for them because there's so much power in prayer. Um, also, I would say don't give up on them. Um, there's going to be times where it'll get frustrating or they'll say something that really shakes you or, you know, it's just snobby remarks, you know, X, Y, Z, but just don't give up on them because, you know, just like in this example, I didn't, I didn't truly understand the joy of having a relationship with my youth pastor that in this example until, you know, one, two years after I graduated. So don't give up on them. And also just continue to remind yourself of the middle schoolers, um, you know, because they, I remember being the not neglected bunch of middle schoolers, but I mean, we are pretty, I remember myself in middle school, just like being immature and just, you know, not really taking anything serious or just being there for the games or whatnot, but having that vision, having that, that encouragement there um, would also be important just for the middle school group. Yeah. And I think whether you are full-time volunteer, bivocational, whether you are over all of middle school and high school, whether you're just the middle school pastor or whether you're just the high school pastor, the principles here are the same. And that is just focus on those who are the youngest in your group, recognizing that that's where you're going to build from. And if, you know, if you're sitting here listening and you're just in charge of high school, then you've got to understand that the students that you inherit and bring in in the following years will be what becomes of yours. If you're just investing in middle school, the same is true for you. Your eighth graders are probably not really going to take you um, too serious in that. Although with middle school, it typically seems to be a little easier to, to win them over. Um, they're not quite as jaded um, typically. But if you're in a situation where you've had a lot of youth pastor turnover and you're following a lot of them, you have to understand that there is a lot of damage that has been done um, there when it comes to trust, when it comes to maturity, and be willing to to deal with that and let students uh, express that. because And, and that is really, really hard. Um, I had a lot of students say um, some really honest things to me that they meant that were not necessarily aimed directly at me, but I just became the recipient of it because I was the one who was here at the time. And, you know, you've got to see beyond that and, and recognize that those students are, they're just hurting and they really need somebody in their life who will continue to pursue when pushed away, who will continue to love on and pray for and encourage and, um, and, and just be committed to building that relationship and that investment over kind of the long haul and, and, and just be consistent um, in that. What do you think would be helpful? Like if you could say, if there's a youth pastor who's in a situation where they're maybe they've been there a couple of years, it's getting tough because that's what happens around the two, two and a half year mark. And they're beginning to look, they're looking around, they're seeing students, who aren't really engaging. They're seeing students who don't seem to be really invested. They've got leaders who aren't really as bought in as they thought they would be at this point, And they're just discouraged and they're frustrated. What would you say from a student's perspective um, to that youth pastor? Really, there's just this, this idea that just keeps coming up, especially with this question is just Continue to encourage, continue to just push students as in, you know, genuinely be intentional with them. That was another thing of there's so much importance of just having that that idea of even when I'm going through a hard time, there's somebody that cares about me. There's somebody that genuinely cares about me. Um, and you may know you may know some of the kids. Um, 
home lives or um, struggles or some some stuff like that. But there's going to be students that you don't know specifically those things. And so there is a lot of power behind just having that somebody to care for you and um, that cares, genuinely cares about you and um, that encouragement. So, yeah, I think I think it's important to recognize that in that season, that's really normal. Um, and to begin to look towards the younger students that are kind of showing up. You know, I can remember planning a lot of events and nobody really coming, uh, at least no high school students really coming or showing up. And, uh, you know, we had gone to the same, or the church had gone to the same camp since like Jesus ascended to heaven. And, and it was already planned. So I came the first year we went and I hated it. I hated it. But it was, it was beloved by everyone. And I can understand why it was, it was a, a camp that was really focused around a lot of fun and it was a really high energy thing and there were a lot of students at it. And so there was a lot there that would attract and draw students to it. But when I sat and, and experienced that from where I was sitting, there was not a lot of depth in that camp in particular. And I found myself having to redefine a lot of things. So we would come in for share groups at night. And I remember constantly pressing in on what is real worship and what does it mean to really worship? How are you going to take what you're experiencing here and be able to go home and worship there without all of this stuff that's present here? What is that going to look like? And I just, you know, it was such a battle really there. And we, so we, we transitioned to a new camp and it went relatively smooth as a whole from a ministry perspective. It went great, but none of, none of you guys went. I mean, the, the crew that had always, the, the older crew that had always gone to the other camp were not interested in going somewhere new. And that was, that was difficult in a number of, for a number of reasons. One, because, um, as a youth pastor, I could see the value of where we were going. And how that would be helpful um, for for those students. And, and the other side is, I I was getting a ton of criticism from parents of you guys who all of a sudden were looking at their student who was very involved prior to me coming, who had no desire to really be around now. And it, it seemed like every week to the point that, and just to be really honest. To the point that I started, I had, I had to start recording our, my Wednesday night messages because I had parents coming back saying, Oh, well, you said this. And I had to have those recordings to say, uh, that's not really what I said, you know, and I, I came pretty hard. Uh, it's kind of my personality, pretty aggressive off the front in particular with your class, you guys and the class above you because there was so much potential there. And really push, 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 push you guys. And, and I don't think anybody prior to me had done that really. It was, uh, it was a very passive kind of receiving type of relationship where come hang out, come be this. But those relationships weren't necessarily always leveraged to encourage and to push you forward. And so that was a big difference in between, uh, you know, between me and really the, even the two or three that were that were there before and that was really hard as a youth pastor that's really hard because you feel like you're doing the right thing you're you're confident in what you're doing at least i was and it's easy to look around and say oh man these guys aren't coming these guys aren't coming these guys aren't coming these guys aren't coming and having to remind yourself over and over and over but but these students are coming and investing in who's present and just being willing to to not give up on those older students, and that was kind of that's kind of what we did. That's kind of what we did. So when you where you are now, um, and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to. This is totally you know, if you're like I don't really I plead the fifth. I'll do that. No one will. We'll just edit this out, and nobody will ever know I even asked the question. When you look back now, from your perspective. Where there are there things that you look back and go, um, yeah, I missed that, I missed out on that, or I regret 
that? Or are there, and then, and then I've got a follow up question. Um, yeah, it's, I would say the things that I look back and say, man, I miss, I miss that. Um, it's really the, the pushing aspect definitely that you were talking about. Um, you came in and were, you know, really pushing us to, to better, you know, to, to be better, to, um, strive for a deeper relationship with Christ. And I, I remember in, in high school, we didn't really have a, um, a mission, mission trip per se. And I remember you coming in and was just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go, um, overseas to this mission trip. And I would always make excuses not to go. Um, just usually either I had a genuine excuse, like I was in marching band or whatnot, but there were some times where I was just like, yeah, it's, I don't really want to go. Um, I do regret not going on some type of mission trip with the, the youth ministry and, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So are there things when you look back at those and, and are there things that you would say, if you could, if you could go back in time, knowing what you know now and speak to me then and say, Jody, if you'll do this, this will help. Or you need to do this. So I'll listen. This is your chance to critique me in front of the whole world millions of people listen to this not yet but a lot it's your chance I'll never ask I'll never give you this opportunity again <laughs> I've stumped you so you're saying it was just your fault <laughs> well I mean okay do you feel like when I came in, I was too aggressive? I think, all right. So this is the, this is probably going to be the best way I can describe this. Um, I didn't know, I didn't genuinely appreciate what you were doing until two years out of college. Whenever I was able to look back and say, okay, he made this change because this reason he made this change because this reason. And so I don't necessarily would go back and tell you, you know, a specific thing because in the moment, like, yeah, it's change. Like we're not, we, we as just an society just don't like change. Like, especially that dramatic from a very mellow passive standpoint to when you came in a very active, you know, let's get, let's get down to the nitty gritty. Like, you know, that kind of mentality and like dig in the Bible mentality. And so, yeah, there was that change, but you know, I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't start appreciating what you were doing until later down the road. And there's also some guys that were a part of the senior class when I was a junior that that group is now seeing, you know, the effectiveness of how you're leading and how those changes have brought the middle school group up into who they are and, um, that power behind, you know, staying for the longer haul, like what you've been talking about. So, I don't know. So, I mean, there's no big surprise here and most listening, I think we'll, we'll expect this, but overall we're just saying like there was a lot of damage done from a rotation of youth pastors that came too often and left too soon. Um, but I think beyond that, I think the other thing that you're saying and, and that you've said, or that's coming out at least, is that even those who were here, and this is not derogatory towards them, because I know most of these guys and, and um, have gotten to know them pretty well and friends with them, but they didn't have a really, they didn't lead from a really strong, clear vision. And in the end, that probably led to a lot more of their frustration and, and, Ultimately, you got stuck with me as a result of that. But I think, um, 
I think that's just really important that you come in and you lead from a really clear direction, really, really clear vision. And, um, you know, I just, I wasn't going to give up. I'm not, I'm not that kind of guy, but at the same time, recognizing it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. And, and I, and I would say to you too, just to encourage you, like, I think most, cause I don't want this to be like the beat up Kevin podcast episode where we talk about how Kevin was a loser in youth group and he hated me, but he shouldn't have, and he should have gone on mission trips. And he should have gone to camp and he should have done all these things that I told him he should have done when he was in youth group. And <laughs> pretty much, but I think for most students, I think the majority of students don't fully, even the students who are going to camp, who are coming and being a part of D now, who are going on the retreats, who are going on the mission trips, who are here, plugged in, invested. I think the vast majority of them, even in that scenario, don't fully understand and appreciate what is happening in and around them until they're a couple years out and they look back. So I think in some ways, you know, you're not unique in that. The, the difference is you were opposed to a lot of that. And, you know, I, I never took that personal at all. Um, it was, it was just expected. I kind of knew that that was going to be the case and was just committed to continue to, to pursue even beyond because the reality was and still is like just because you guys were graduating out of the ministry didn't mean that I stopped seeing potential for leadership in you and felt like that I had invested really at that point a year or so to year or two into your life. And that wasn't going to be for nothing that I was going to continue to do that. And not that we had a college pastor in place who was, who was doing that as well. And, um, but to be able to come still alongside him and be able to invest and pour in and challenge. And, and I haven't stopped doing that. I mean, for sure, I think I still push as hard as I ever did and, and maybe even harder now that you don't hate me. Um, but you know, that, that general approach has been consistent. I, I don't know that I'm doing anything different now with the students that are in the ministry who see me and, and recognize me as their youth pastor, as I did necessarily when you guys were there and didn't want me to be your youth pastor and would rather have, you know, the guy who had just left or the guy before that or the guy before that. Cause you know, I, I think in some sense you're always compared to the guy before you. And it really, it really does take a while. Nobody does that anymore, but it takes a long time to kind of, beyond go beyond that and um and, and i think we've seen that to be true here for sure are there any last comments or advice or things that you would give to a youth pastor who's listening in regards to how to deal with students in their ministry who are maybe being just jerks or who don't seem to respond or like them or they're, they're just kind of getting there or you know, just in regards to their, the importance of them staying put, is what would you throw out to them? Really, just this idea of not giving up, like just pushing through, pushing through the mess, um, pushing through the difficult times, um, that aspect, and then also don't neglect your personal time with Christ. Um, I know that there was sometimes with the past. Um, youth, youth pastors, I mean, nothing on them, but there was times where it was almost like they got so caught up with presenting or, um, you know, the sermon that they weren't having their own personal quiet time that wasn't related to anything they were teaching, related to anything that they were speaking about. It was just that self quiet time. Um, so I would just, I would, Say don't don't neglect that and just continue to push through the hard times and continue to encourage your students even when even when they're saying a lot of mess even when it feels like they hate you you know you have that that power you have that ability to love them to choose to love them in return so and I think I think you tell me this is this is the very last thing I've heard. this is something I just thought of as you're talking. 
I think deep down every student who's in that role in that situation at that time really does want to be able to trust you. And I think they really do want you to be able to be the new pastor. I think there's just a reserve uh, there, a caution that they have and a defense that they build up. And, and they kind of, it's almost easier for them to kind of run you off than to accept you in because they're just afraid that you're going to leave again. You think that's true? Yeah. I mean, just that mentality of, I can't trust this guy. Um, I definitely built up walls, but uh, just the continuation of, I know, especially in this case where, you know, you would not give up on me. You wouldn't just leave, even though I'd push you away, you wouldn't leave. And I got to the point where I was just like, all right, this guy isn't leaving it. You know, this guy isn't leaving. This guy isn't leaving. Um, and then those walls started to break down. And then it just took two years later down the road to where it was like, all right, I'm going to let this guy in. I'm going to use him as a, a mentor, as a resource. And that's when our relationship started really flourishing, started growing um, after that. Yeah, I think you don't you don't knock that wall down with a hammer, a big sledgehammer. You know, that's kind of a chisel, just really slowly um, and just continually kind of, kind of going at it. Uh, okay, so every guest that comes on, I ask them for a resource or a book or something that they enjoy or something that they've been reading or doing lately. And um, and so you're here, and so you're not going to get out of that um, just because, you know, you're just a college kid. Um, so what, what kind of resource or things would you throw out to those listeners? Yeah, I've been going through a book. It's called Just Do Something by Kevin DeYoung. Um, and we've had a group of guys that meet and just discuss about the different chapters. And some of the things in this book is talking about God's will for our life, um, God's plan, God's purpose, and how there's so, there's so many options in life that we do feel that anxiety, um, especially as college kids. We have so many options, so many different um, things that we can do, so many different careers we can choose, so many uh, plans we can make for ourselves. Um, and what that ends up leading to is a lot of anxiety about living in the future before it happens, living in the future before something happens. And and so this, this book has really been uh, great for clearing some of that up and just that reminder of seeking first the kingdom of God, you know, out of everything that you do, if you seek first the kingdom of God, no matter what you do, it's going to be in God's will. It's going to be part of God's plan because you're using God, like you're using God as that primary resource. Like you're seeking him first over peer groups. And, you know, not that any of that stuff is bad, but really there's that dependency that we need to have as college kids on God. So this book has been just a really big encouragement um, for my life. So. Agreed. Whoever recommended that to you was a pretty smart guy. I should, <laughs> I should look him up. I like him. So, well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on today and sharing your heart a little bit. And I think it definitely gives some important perspective to those listening um, who will probably find themselves at some point in a very similar situation. And I just think often it's really easy to forget what the perspective of the students are as so many pastors are coming in and going and, um, in that cycle, just kind of that revolving door. And so aside from, you know, just the encouragement for the youth pastor and the joy that you really experience over the longer haul and the longevity of ministry is really the, the joy that the students have as they come up underneath the ministry of stability and direction. And so I think it's really, really helpful. So thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, you can go back to studying now. I'm sure. So cool. Well, there you have it. I, I really hope you enjoyed that. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun to do that. And, uh, really what God has done in the, the life of Kevin has been amazing. And I am certainly grateful and privileged to be a part of that. My real hope in this is that it would just cause us to kind of back up and think a little bit 
you know, when you first come into a new position, it can be really frustrating because you typically walk into a lot of apathy and a lot of mistrust where students aren't really engaging. Your older students in particular aren't really engaging as much as you wish that they would. And so, you know, hopefully this will help help you understand a little bit of why that is happening, or at the very least, just cause you to really think through why that may be happening some and and give you a little more patience and grace with those guys. And at the same time, hopefully encourage you to continue to pursue them and not give up on them while investing in those younger students that are going to be a part of your ministry. So big thanks to Kevin for coming on. That's kind of a risky thing. Um, for sure, to be able to come on and be honest and share like that. So hopefully you found that really, really helpful and um, and give you some food for thought just to go back and think through and evaluate some things of where you are if you're coming in or if you're thinking about, you know, if you're in a position where you're about to transition somewhere, even maybe potentially thinking through what that might look like and whether or not that is really needed or if a lot of your frustration that you're dealing with is just a result of, of not being there long enough. And, and I'm not saying there's not times and reasons to leave and, and go. There certainly are those. Um, I just think a l- oftentimes we, we leave too often and too soon. And uh, we leave a lot of damage in the wake of that that we don't, we don't often understand or think through or expect. So anyway, hope you enjoyed that. Again, they, uh, the, I'll have a link in the show notes therefore the resource that he mentioned at the end it is a great little book short little book and very practical for that so head over to thelongerhall.com slash episode 031 to check that out and of course if you don't mind if you've got a few a few seconds head over to itunes write and leave a review there for the podcast that'd be great and you can do that by going to thelongerhall.com slash itunes and uh, that'll do it for this week and for this episode Hang in there. Keep on serving. Stay at it. You're making a difference and an impact, I promise. And until next time, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com.